Welcome to the September 3rd sermon from Clifford Baptist Church, 635 Fletcher's Level Road in Amherst. Today's scripture is 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 13 through 25, and the sermon is entitled, A Life of Holiness, delivered today by Pastor Jeffrey Campbell. Grab your Bibles and go to the book of 1 Peter. 1 Peter chapter number 1. We will finish that chapter out Today, and I'm grateful for every one of you that are here today, and I'm grateful that through this week I have received messages relating to the trials of life that we all go through. Anybody in here gone through a trial recently? Can you say amen? Amen. 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 So we can all relate. We're all on the same ground, and I'm grateful for that. I'm grateful for the reminder of one text this week that said this, sometimes God allows the pastor to go through them, in order that he could preach the word more truer. And I said, thank you for that. I didn't say thank you for the trials, but I said thank you for that reminder. And that is sometimes true. Sometimes we go through things so that God can get the very best and the the truest thing out of us, that we understand who he truly is in our life. And I'm grateful today as we gather around the word of God. D.L. Moody said it this way, A holy life will make the deepest impression. Now think of that for a second. A holy life will make the deepest impression. Lighthouses blow no horns. They just shine. Sometimes the holiness that people are looking for and they are longing for should be shown in the life of the Christian. And that is the challenge of this message today. A life of holiness and what that looks like. Back as we look at the first century church and what Peter writes to, a people who are dispersed and that are running for their life and they are scattered, not only to a different land and to a different language, but they are doing this because of their faithfulness and their love of Jesus Christ. And their love of Jesus has caused them to be pushed out into Asian Minor and into the world. And yet, Peter calls them and reminds them that their life in a foreign land and in a foreign language should still show the holiness of an almighty God. And in 2023 in Amherst County, Virginia, here is the call for us today. As Christians, we must be living lives that show the holiness of who our God truly is. As people look at us, they may see at sometimes what I'm going to call, as my life been the past two weeks, a hot mess if you look real closely. It looks like it's all out of whack. But in there, sometimes I pray that the holiness of God shines. Sometimes we think the holiness of God shows up at the end of the sanctification process. You know, one day when we're in our 80s or 90s, and we may be holy enough to be received by God. Well, here's the truth, friends. You will never be holy enough. It's only by the work of Jesus Christ through His blood that gives us an opportunity to enter heaven one day. It's not because of what you've done or how holy or good you are. There's nothing you can do. I'm grateful today as we crack open God's Word, we are reminded of the Word holy. 
We've sung it today. We've talked about it. And God's Word talks about it in, in a couple different places. In Isaiah chapter 6, you may remember that as Isaiah gives us a glimpse in the throne room of God, the echoes of the sound of the seraphim, what are they crying? Holy, holy, holy. John gives us a glimpse in the book of Revelation in which we've seen the scripture this morning as the four beasts who never rested saying the words holy, holy, holy over and over. It is the only attribute of God that is repeated three times in your Bible. The holiness of God is important not one day when you get to heaven, not one day when you may encounter God, but every single day of your life. We should be indeed lighthouses that are not tooting our horns, but are shining the light of the gospel of Jesus Christ when people look our way. Friends, it's with that introduction we open the word of God today. We are reminded to be holy because God says he is holy. We think of that holiness of God, and it is not an absolute perfection that God asked for. It's a resemblance and being set apart for the work of God. At the ground level, the word holy or holiness means that you are set apart for the work of God. And that's what we're talking about today when we see that word holy. What does a life of holiness look like? Today, you are going to get five characteristics of a holy life. And I want you to know this, apart from Jesus Christ, you can do none of them. And without one of them, you cannot show the holiness of God. So it's with that we open 1 Peter chapter number 1 as we look at God's word today. Starting with verse number 13. Wherefore, gird up the loins of your mind. Be sober and hope to the end for the grace that is to be brought unto you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Point number one today is this. A life of holiness is a mindset. It's a mindset. When we think about hope, as we talked about last week, you see that word mentioned again here in Scripture, as we hope to the end of the revelation of Jesus Christ. Just as a young couple can't wait to get to the altar and get married, or maybe a couple that is anticipating the, the longing of their first or newborn child. Children of God should hope and long for the day that they see Jesus Christ. Amen? That is something that should excite us, should make us excited and desire to follow the Lord more closely. It's the way that we should live our lives. Because Paul tells the, the Colossians this, Set your mind on the things that are above, not on the things of the earth. So, so many times, and Christians are guilty of this, we have our minds occupied by earthly things. And when we are occupied with earthly things, we become no good to what God has for us. And so our mindset needs to be fixed on God. Here is the word and the verbiage of this verse. Look again at verse number 13. Wherefore, gird up the loins of your mind. 
That is a call to action. And that verbiage there means this. It, it gives the implication of, of a male in biblical times pulling up their robes and tucking him in their belt to spring forth into action. If I were to gird up my loins today, I'm getting rid of this jacket because it's in the way. If I need to move and go do something, I've got to get rid of that which hinders me. And so what Peter writes is this. There are things that are going on in your mind that are hindering the work of the Lord. You need to gird up the loins of your mind. You need to focus on that which is of God. I'm grateful today when we see that our minds control a lot about our body. I told you my mom fell a couple of weeks ago and she hit her head. And I learned a lot about the brain over the past two weeks. And what one little small trauma will do and hurt the brain. One little action of focus that gets off course away from God will take you possibly down a long life that is away from God. So you've got to be ready. You've got to protect your mind. A life of holiness is a mindset that is not set on the things of the world, but on the things of God. Now listen here, church. Don't you dare walk out of this building thinking you're better than somebody. Because we're not. It's not a mindset that thinks you're better or more deserving or higher up. No, absolutely not. Holiness has always brought the people of God to their knees. And so when we think about a mindset of holiness, it's a mindset that knows that it only by the grace of God you are where you are. And you are willing to live a life that shows that grace and love to a world that desperately needs it. Friends, I'm calling my church family, my own self, to a mindset of holiness. That we need to prepare our minds and our hearts for the things of God. There are things that enter our minds that must be, go in one ear and let out the other. Don't hold on to those thoughts or those things that can distract you. Hold on to the things of God. Now I have your attention. Here's what I want to say. Make sure the things of God are going in there. If I were to tell my young people today one piece of advice... Make sure godly things go in. Because that's how you find God. That's how you follow God. Point number two. Look at verses 14 through 16. As obedient children, not fashioning yourselves according to the former lust in your ignorance, but as he which hath called you is holy, so be ye holy in all manner, of conversation, Because it is written, be, ho be holy, for I am holy. A life of holiness is obedient. Is obedient. As I speak to the younger people real quick, if you're 18 years old, give me a wave real quick. Under 18, give me a wave real quick. All right, I see a few of you. Yeah, I'm asking you to do something that's very uncomfortable. Here's what I want you to know, young people. Young people today, wherever you are, the greatest way that you can show somebody you love Jesus is by being obedient to your parents. 
when people see obedient children, they notice something there. The greatest way you can honor your mother and father is to be obedient to them. And the greatest way you can honor the Lord is to be obedient to them. So I'm calling you to that from the pulpit today. I wish somebody would have told me that a little bit sooner, okay? Now, let me talk to the parents and the grandparents and the great-grandparents. Here's what I want to say to you. The greatest way that somebody can see how important the Lord is in your life is to see that you are being obedient to God, your Father. One of the biggest criticisms of the faith is this. We are hypocrites. That is one of the biggest criticisms of the church. And that happens when the actions and the talk don't mesh. They don't match up. And so older ones, I'm not talking down to you. I'm talking to myself. Our actions and our words need to be that in which we proclaim. If we are Christians, we must be Christ-like. Verse number 14 says, As obedient children, the obedience of the children of God is important as they follow the Lord Jesus Christ. Not giving in to the former lust that, that, that were the desires before you were saved or before you knew Jesus. Growing up, I'll just say this, I'm a list person. If you want Pastor Jeffrey to do something, you better bring me a note, okay? That's just how I operate. Growing up in the summer months around my house, we would always be left on the farm to do something. So mom would tell us before she left work, do this, 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 and today. And, and, and get it done before I get home or else. Do we even still use those words or else anymore? I hope you do. They carry weight. They did in my day anyway. So as we think about that, as we got those lists, as mom said, you need to do this, 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 before I get home, there would always be a time of excuse. Oh, I forgot. I forgot. So then mom started writing it down for us. Boom, 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 boom. And now, hey, guys, my sermons are just like that. That's how I learn, okay? They're points. Do these things before I get home. Because it's written, you don't have an excuse, right? Go with me to verse number 16 real quick. The first four words. Because it is written. Look at me. When it's written down, there's no excuse. That's what I knew and grew up learning from my mom. It's there, you better do it or else. And here is the call from the Lord Jesus Christ through the mouth of Peter and through the pen of Peter is this. It is written, be ye holy. No excuses. If God were to give us a sticky note today, two words would be on that sticky note. Be holy. Be different. Be set apart. Be different because I live in your heart now. Be holy because I am holy. There are times that we should not have to beg Christians to be who they should be. But we all need reminders. And that's what Peter does. To a life of people who are, are fleeing for their life. Their lives are on the line. They're fighting because of their faith. And he just reminds them. In that far land. In that distant land. In that unknown land. You better stand out and be holy. Because I am your God. 
Oh, today, in the United States of America, if Christian people would just be holy, be different, be the lighthouse that others can see. Friends, today, when I think about obedience, it's that which we need to be obedient to the Lord Jesus Christ because it is written. Listen, God doesn't, you don't need an audible, audible voice to tell you to be holy. You don't need a mega pastor to tell you that. You don't need to watch YouTube and hear, you need to be holy. It's written. And it's there for us to understand and know. As obedient children, listen to me. You must learn to love the Word of God. It is written for a reason. And if you stand before Jesus Christ one day as a Christian, you say, well, God, I didn't know that. Maybe he will just say it was written there for you. Don't spend time in prayer seeking directions and seeking answers. We just need to be who the Bible teaches us to be. And one of those attributes is holy, different, set apart for the Lord Jesus Christ. Peter goes back to the Old Testament, Leviticus, chapter number 11. I know most of you have studied that in your own time. I'm laughing because that's a tough book right there, okay? But in Leviticus, chapter number 11, God says this. My people need to be a holy people. And Peter reminds the first century church You must be different in the land as you fight for your life, as you fight for your faith, as you fight for your family. You need to be different. Don't go back to those former lusts that you did in ignorance. But be obedient to what I've asked you to do. Mention conversation. Conversation is important. How you interact with people. How you address people. All of those things are important. In your conversation, whether it be face-to-face or via text or email or social media, there are so many ways to communicate. In those ways of communication, we are called to holiness. That it matches that of God. So we must be obedient there as obedient children. Point number three, look at verses, verse number 17. And if you call him a father who without respect of persons judgeth according to every man's work, pass the time of your sojourning here in fear. Point number three today, a life of holiness is lived in reverent fear. I want you to know that. That's a tough word. When we think about the fear of God and the reverent fear of God, I want you to know this. One day, every single one of us will stand before the Lord. And we will have to give an answer for what we have done with the name of Jesus. I don't know about you, that brings me to a reverent fear as I'm reminded of that. 2 Corinthians chapter 5 verse 10 says, For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that everyone may receive the things done in his body according to that he hath done, whether it be good or bad. Bad. 
Whether good or bad, one day you will be rewarded for that which you've done with the name of Jesus. Now, I'm not talking about standing before him in judgment of receiving the name of Jesus. I'm talking about after you've received the name of Jesus. What have you done with it? After you've received the Lord in your life, what have you done with him? When we think about reverent fear, the truth of it is this. Our lives would one day be an open book. For an almighty God to read. And as we stand before him as the judge of our deeds on earth. We don't know what that day will look like. I can only anticipate what that day will be. But Peter says this. He reminds us. God will not show partiality to anyone. You will not be favored. You can't stay there and say hey uh, I was the pastor of Clifford Baptist Church. That's not going to get me anywhere. That's going to cause me a harsher judgment. But here's what it means for you and I. You can't say, but I grew up in church. But I attended every Sunday. My mom and daddy, they taught me this. None of that, none of that is an excuse. As you stand before God Almighty, it's going to be you and God. And you will have to answer for that. And God will not be a respecter of persons. Know this, before you stand for God, He doesn't care who you are or what your background is or who your mom and daddy is or how many times you went to church. He wants to know what you did with Jesus. What did you do with Jesus? Peter says to these sojourners, don't spend your time of sojourning in fear. Don't spend it in fear, but spend it working for the Lord. When we think about that verse today, I want to think, I wrote this in my notes as a personal testimony. I want my life to be a story that people want to read about Jesus Christ. Not about Jeffrey Campbell, but about Jesus Christ. And many of our lives, when we think of holiness, there needs to be a fear that Isaiah had when he wrote, Woe is me, I am a man of unclean lips. When standing before an almighty God, he knew that he was imperfect and he knew he wasn't worthy. And yet, what happened? That coal got placed upon his lips. The offer of forgiveness and grace of an almighty God was poured upon his life. Friend, through Jesus Christ, you and I have that same forgiveness. But we must have a holiness that knows the fear of God and causes us to want to do right by him with our lives. Look at verses 18 through 21. For as much as you know that you were not redeemed with corruptible things as silver and gold from your vain conversation received by tradition from your fathers, but with the precious blood of Jesus of Christ, as of lamb without blemish and without spot, who verily was foreordained before the foundation of the world, but was manifest in these last times for you. I'm grateful for those words. Look at verse 21. Who by him... Do believe in God that raised him up from the dead and gave him glory that your faith and hope might be in God. What happens in this whole scripture today if we take these verses out of it? 
To pull Christ out of it pulls the holiness of God out of it. Pulls the reason that why you and I are here today out of it. You take Christ out and it cannot be holy. Amen? You take Christ out. But Peter puts Christ into it. And here's what he says. Point number four. A life of holiness is a redeemed life. We love that word redeemed. It speaks to a life that is ransomed or purchased. The believers were not to live a life of a sojourner only. They were to be redeemed people in a different land. They were not redeemed by the tradition of the generations of the Jewish people before. They were not redeemed by the pagan gods of the Gentiles. They were redeemed by Jesus Christ going to the cross and shedding His blood. That's where the redemption lies. Peter says this, Those vain traditions did not redeem you. Can I fast forward to 2023 to you? Traditions still don't redeem you. Going to church, being a good person, being a moral person, doing the things you're supposed to do, all of those are great things. That does not save you. Putting on nice clothes and showing up and listening to a preacher preach, that does not save you. Coming before an almighty God, recognizing that you are a sinner, need of a Savior, knowing that Christ paid the debt of your sin on the cross by His blood. That's what redeems your life. That's the only reason I stand here today. It's because I've been redeemed by Jesus Christ. But here's what Peter says. Tradition does not redeem you. Silver and gold, the corruptible things, the precious and valuable things such as gold and silver do not redeem. They tarnish. They will wither away. They lose value. They will not be enough to redeem you. Now I will say this and I'm going to speak to it. All of us have valuable things. Don't set your mind on those valuable things. In the very end of things, the car and the house and the clothes and the jewelry, the money in the bank will not redeem you. You know that. But there are a lot of people, and maybe even some people in this room today, that place their hope on the success of life to redeem them. The third thing is this. The precious blood of Jesus Christ. Look at verse number 19. But with the precious blood of Christ as of a lamb without blemish and without spot. It is that precious blood that redeems you. I will go and say this. I believe the blood of Jesus is the most precious substance in all the world. And it's that in which we have redemption. Do you remember the words of John the Baptist as he seen Jesus coming towards him. What did he say? He said this, Behold, the Lamb of God to take away the sin of the world. A redeemed life, a holy life, knows the power of the blood of Jesus Christ is not for you only, but for others to learn and know and accept for their own. Wouldn't it be wonderful 
as we as holy people of God shine in the light of Jesus where you work and where you frequent and the neighborhoods you live in, somebody would see that and desire the preciousness of the blood of Jesus Christ. Life of holiness is one that is redeemed and knows it. And the last point today comes from verses 22 through 25. Seeing you have purified your souls in obeying the truth through the Spirit to unfeigned love of the, of the brethren, see that ye love one another with a pure heart fervently, being born again, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible by the word of God, which liveth and abideth forever. For all flesh is as grass, and all the glory of man as the flower of grass. The grass withereth, and the flower thereof falleth away. But the word of the Lord endureth forever. And this is the word which by the gospel is preached unto you. Point number five today. A life of holiness is a life filled with the love of God. I hope through the scripture in what I just read, verses 20 through 22 through 25, you see the phrases obeying the truth in verse number 22. In verse number 23, you see the word of God and the word of the Lord and the word which by the gospel is preached in verse number 25. The importance of the word of God to the people of God. That's what I want you to see. But here's Peter's uh, ending of chapter number 1. This book, this God, the Lord Jesus Christ should change your life. It should make you different. It should make you stand out. It should make you humble enough to love Him and want others to know more about Him. When we think of the love of God and the vastness of it, we want to often harbor that for ourselves. And what we are called to through these verses, and especially in verse number 22, the end of it, see that you love one another with a pure heart, fervently. A continued love for the people, not only that know the Lord, but for that don't know the Lord. The Word of God should be important to the child of God because... The Bible says here in 1 Peter that the Word of God will stand forever. It's going to stand forever. As we think about the holiness of God, where does that bring us to in a moment of invitation? Today, I don't want you to march out of this place and say, Hey, the pastor preached on holiness. I'll never be that way. As I said at the very beginning of the sermon, the holiness of God has always caused people to fall down before Him. And here's the reality, friends. The realization of we are to be imitators of God should put us on our faces before Him. Should search and look for and find those things that are not matching up. And should desire a mindset that is ready and willing to change to be more like Him. Today in this moment of invitation, I don't know what it looks like for you in your life. Don't put your mind in park. Don't put it in neutral right now. 
Let's gird our minds together as the children of God and, and get them prepared because there's a world outside of these doors that needs Jesus Christ. And it is a call to action to be the light in a dark place, to be the difference that our world needs, and simply to be Jesus and love people to Him. Today, that is the beckoning call. In a moment of invitation, if it brings you to your knees or to your face before God at this altar, I invite every person that will come, join me here. But maybe it brings you to a point right there where you sit. And maybe the holiness of God, just like it has in Scripture before, makes you kick off your shoes. Because you're not worthy. Maybe you need to get rid of the things that are hindering you. And just come before an almighty God. Just put it all on the altar today and say, God, here I am. I want to be more like you. Remove that which is not. Reveal it, forgive it, and remove it. Today, what will the holiness of God call you to? Will it call us to our knees as the people of God? Rightly before a holy God. Let's go to him in prayer. Father, today I don't know what this invitation will do. God, I do pray, Lord, in only the way that you can, that your Holy Spirit move. God, as you guide hearts and minds to be prepared for your work. I don't want to be holy simply when I get to heaven one day and you'll make all things new. I want to be holy this day, today. That people will see Jesus. People will know Jesus and people will love Jesus by simply knowing that I'm different. And I love Him too. God, use your people of this place To go out into the world wherever you take them this week. To be a difference maker. Simply by shining the light of the truth of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Lord Jesus, maybe there's somebody here. That came just to see what Clifford was all about. See what was going on. Lord, today if there's a heart in this room that does not belong to you. Lord, I pray they understand the preciousness of the blood of Jesus Christ to forgive every sin and all sin as as you went to the cross to die for it. Lord, thank you that by your death and your resurrection that you will give life to anyone whosoever chooses to believe. Lord, maybe that whosoever is here today. God, draw them to yourself through your Holy Spirit, I pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Clifford Baptist Church invites you to join us for worship every Sunday morning at 11 a.m. For more information about our church, please call our church office at 434-946-0555.